Hello, and welcome to the Charge Down, um, Autumn Nations Cup edition. Um, yeah, so we'll, I think we'll just dive straight into the match from last week, which was the Wales game. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> that is... <laughs> I'm moving swiftly on to tomorrow's match. There was, a, there was a game, it was held. Um, Both teams fulfilled their obligations to play said game. Yeah. Which, to be honest, in this current climate, is actually pretty impressive in itself. So, yeah, actually, is when you think about Fiji. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but I'd like to think that more established rugby nations would have more, perhaps, airtight protocols with which not to get rampant disease spreading through your camp and infecting twenty-nine year players. It was twenty-nine, right? Yeah, yes, twenty-nine. Like, and there's no pods going on there. I don't think. No. But then, yeah, again, like. Fiji are all across the globe, True. in different clubs and such. So it is harder, full stop for them. But I agree that uh, with a shocking point... indictment of Fiji rugby, and we should boycott <laughs> it post haste. Can't have that sort of ship leading into world rugby, I'm afraid. Yes, I won't be buying. And a Fiji jersey this year. Um, after the World Cup, uh, Elveries did like a, you know, they sold all the, they had a load of jerseys from all the weird countries. So, um, do you have a, a contrarian? He's a contrarian over <laughs> there. Get him. James Lowe made his debut. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's just go with my. I thought performance against us certainly. I mean, it was the biggest margin since like two thousand and six. No way. Um, which then. Got the coach hmm. fired, but I don't think that. Um, sorry, it's it's certainly not not all well in, and you'd have to say that They're in a real. We beat them. Like that might sound a bit stupid, but like we had an okay Six Nations, I felt. Hmm. And that's after our period of success, which was 2018, was the most recent event. And even 2019, like that was a bad year. We all thought it was a bad year in Mm -hmm. Six Nations, especially. And we still came like 
third overall, I think. But you need to give an assurance or some sort of like con- commitment to these people to allow them to stabilize. Like I just but they're not stabilizing; they're they're plummeting massively. Yeah, they're plummeting to find the level at which they can stabilize, from which they can build again. Like yeah, but there's no guarantee they do. S- someone has to be the worst at at all times. True. You know, maybe it swells as time to be bad for a year, and then they won't be bad again. Hopefully, might not be for a year. Yeah, well, I just I look at the likes of like football where they just chop and change the manager after two bad results, like our Irish international football at the minute. I think it's time that people accept, like in relation to Irish international football, that we're not good. You know what I mean? <laughs> there has to be bad teams out there, and whether you follow them or not is up to you. Now it's probably a bit different with Wales because it is their national sport. So mm. I kind of get that element of pride. But you have to be bad. And it was like the Matt O'Connor era. You have to be bad sometimes. Take yeah, it with a grain of salt. The thing is, like, Matt O'Connor is, I think, a great example of it in that we played, um, it was in between our, t- our two successful eras mm. of Leinster rugby. Um, and it was terrible. Like, the fans hated us by the end of us. And you just had to go. And we put in Leo Cullen, even if he wasn't ready. But we still won the league during one of his years. So, like, okay, Al- alternate timeline time. You think if Matt O'Connor had a stayed, he could have built equivalent to what Leo built? No, no. Matt O'Connor is wasn't suited to Leinster. He, he wanted to bring in loads of foreign players. He just wasn't right coach. So bringing uh, in loads of foreign players into an Irish established setup is a bad thing. <laughs> no, he wanted to sign five or six internationals. That's not how any of the Irish teams work. Mm. Only Ulster to one degree that happened when um, they brought in um, like they brought in like Wannenberg, they brought in Pinar, Afoa. Pinar, like that, 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 was, yeah. that, that was um what you call it? That was unheralded. Not unheralded. Un... It was unheralded. Yes, unprecedented. Thank you. <laughs> was and uh, the Leinster coach came out in public and started um, refuting what he was saying, which was very unusual as well. The Irish coach was came out, which mm. was just at the time saying, "Well, when I was coach during the Six Nation periods, I got this many points, and you got this many points, so it's not the system's fault." <laughs> so, like. Is the solution then just to chop and change? No, but like it's not working for Wales. And just because you are, and just because you were successful, doesn't mean you you can't continue in some vein of form. Oh yeah, no, I understand that, but I also so like people have to be bad sometimes. You just can't yeah, escape but, that. No, the thing is, there's a difference of scale. Like Wales over Gatland's period, like at the start of it, um, they basically finished in the bottom tree or they won the Six Nations. And that, that was a start that was for the first few Six Nations and I think that was still true to the end of the early noughties. And after that he just turned them into a much more consistent um machine. And obviously there are two semifinals in the World Cup and three Grand Slams I think under Gallant. At least three, yeah. Well, if you contrast it to Manchester United under Ferguson and then the time thereafter, it's it could play out in a quite similar way, albeit over a less 
large amount of time. But I don't think that's, uh, I think that's what happens pretty much in Ireland. But I used to support Man United, and that's part of what turned me against supporting them was the chopping and changing. The the I didn't care if they were winning or losing, really. Well, obviously, I would like them to win. But you know what I mean? It wasn't what made me salty. What made me salty was the idea that they believed that by just chopping and changing, they could somehow fix it. And they still haven't fixed it, so to speak. They're still a good team. Like, top four, you know. They dropped down from winning Six Nations last year to fifth. Only beating Italy. And, like, there's no guarantee they'll come back because they have no real... Um, they have no real like basis. Like not like us, where we have strong provinces and academies and all that. Okay, okay, mm. okay. So the solution is to bus in shitty teams to make <laughs> the established decent teams look less shit by comparison. Sure. No, I just think um, maybe it was all Gatland and Edwards, and now they're absolutely fucked. Mm. Could be. Well, Could I think be. there's still a bit of fight in them. I mean. Oh, there's fights, but it's completely undisciplined. Mm. They were lucky they didn't get a player sent off. First of all, purely from the amount of penalties they gave away, especially in the red zone. And second mm. of all, by just losing the head. But speaking of losing the head, um, that first five minutes, I thought it was um, pretty interesting uh, that Peter Armani uh, got hold of Alan jones and like seemed to... I don't know. Maybe the Irish players said something to each other. Said something to each other before the game started. To uh, you know, maybe because I I saw this clip earlier this week of um, CJ Stander was asked about Razi Erasmus calling them soft. <laughs> so so I I think they definitely were aware that these things might have been said about them. Do Do you think this was the Irish team's doing? I, I the impression that I got. Yeah, I was, was, was opposite. Yeah, I thought it was more of a Welsh trying to get into our heads. I, and they're, I thought, they're trying to capitalize on that soft thing by making us doubt ourselves <laughs> and believe the softness, if you know what I mean. And we fronted up, which was good. Yeah, yeah. That was the worst thing Wales could do. Antagonize us. Yeah. Well, it was, it, was, it was a great idea for. If I was Irish coach, I'd want to have it. Cause someone like James Lowe, who was mm. disliked by or hated by other players in the league, is now being defended by his monster teammates straight mm. off from the bat. I, I, I just that quick point on that. Uh, Munster fans really don't like James Lowe. The Munster players didn't. They, I was listening to a couple of podcasts <laughs> during the week because normally, if you're in an Irish team, yeah, and you have, like say um, a Sexton or um, a they, they get into a fight or something. They they get to know each other in the Irish camps and they can play yeah. with each other there. I and mean, it's not matter. But if you're if you're in a, um, if you're just in like a, a club player. You don't get that, so you just get him laughing his ass off and scoring and mm. tries in the seventy-nine minutes. Well, he seems he seems to buy into the rivalry quite well, and it, I yeah. think it, it must rankle a bit if some blow-in just comes in and when some blow-in comes in and <laughs> buys in so wholeheartedly to the rivalry, when in reality they have no actual stake in it. I think, yep. uh, like, it, it essentially means nothing to them apart from being their job, whereas. I think the Irish lads it possibly means a little bit more, and he was, he seemed to buy into it so authentically that you know I think the monster lads are just looking at him and what he was doing that like here calm down a bit like this surely can't mean all that much to you. I, I don't think um, that's necessarily true because there's been plenty of uh, players who have bought into the 
Yeah, I yeah, heard. The, like the, not, not just Valencia, like Contopomi, yeah. Fardy, Hines, like those kind of players really dig into it. And it's low now. But, um, and on the other side, Howless did, like players like that. Did, did, right. that, did the ones you mentioned incur ire? Something to do, like Hines and Fardy or obviously the second rows, they were. No, but did, did, did fans dislike Contopomi? Definitely, to, to yeah, a greater degree yeah. than. <laughs> and I think it was Contopomi is uh, rivalry Algara that seemed to hmm. spur... Which then stretched into the international um, realm as well. Mm. So, like, I'm just looking at, like, from my perspective of if some highfalutin South African or Kiwi came in to Munster and started essentially driving a level of success hmm. in Interpros, would I be annoyed? <laughs> would I dislike the person? It's, it's not that... It's, it's the... The reason you dislike him because he's playing against you and he's um, killing you in the game, and there's no release valve of well, I'm playing with this guy mm. in international rugby. I get to know him then. I wonder if it has come down to the guy's natural ability, though, because like I look at Day well, and you, I, no, I don't you're... dislike him. But if he was better, would I dislike him? I don't know. I can't answer that question. Mm. So. It's, yeah, but it's disliking looks... them and getting in the faces of your players. Like if you start ragdolling, sexing around or something, you start you start thinking of them a bit different. True, Mon- monster fans would love that. Yeah. Oh, and I would, <laughs> and vice versa as well. Yeah, exactly. But um, but Wales it's... just lost the plot. I right? just to go back to the match, <laughs> um, and it was great to see from an Irish perspective that. Like the players backed him up so quickly, and they were. And from Joe, uh, James Lowe perspective, that he wasn't backing down, even if it was his first international cap, mm. didn't matter to him. He buys into things quite well. Yeah. Like, fair play to him for how ha- he has more passion than, like, I don't know. A lot of the, well, a lot of the Irish players are more, more introverted or more quiet. And well, this is the thing I think we desperately need a, a yeah. character like that in the setup because I think there's a Pussy footing is kind of <laughs> the attitude I get. Like, uh, and I think one or two more ebullient characters would definitely be a boon to the to sort of the energy in the dressing room. I think, and yeah, Lowe that, certainly brings that. Yeah. Uh, who else could potentially bring? Like, Quinn Rue kind of like is a stoic. I don't know. He doesn't seem like the most energetic uh, character. Like, he puts in performances, but I don't. I haven't seen enough of Gibson Park to say. Maybe, uh, I don't know. John Klein? No. No, no, no. from the foreign <laughs> players, uh, Aki and Lowe. So we should start buying in foreign players based on <laughs> personality, not on a bit. Uh, I guess. I'm sure they do take into account, like, you know, because remember, we've had bad luck with signings like Kane Douglas and Stephen Sykes and guys over the years who haven't clicked for more personal reasons. Hmm. So they well, probably do take into account, is this guy actually going to be able to survive? Well, it's interesting we're talking about this because I think it was a couple of weeks ago I was reading about in the Irish Times about Stuart Lancaster is taking some sort of, he was talking about yeah. a, a perspective they're taking in Lancer regarding leadership roles and the types of personalities that exist in each role. And he was saying there's a lot of lads who are, as you say, Rob, more reserved kind of, and he thinks mm. that, 
there needs to be more kind of I don't know like characters there I guess he said that's lacking he feels it's not lacking in England say but mm. it would be a bit lacking here so yeah I think it is something that should be considered and it looks like something that Leinster are considering based on what I read in that article anyway and then you, if it's if it seems to be successful there then it would probably translate into the international setup at some point if it hasn't already or if it hasn't been happening already but I guess it's a bit different when you can't just like sign in players you know you have to have that residency mm. stuff especially with the new five-year mm. rules and all that it makes things a bit more difficult but yeah i think uh one of Lowe's greatest assets other than his amazing quality could be that little bit of different energy i guess slaps in the ass <laughs> yeah it's it's definitely a factor um i know i'm just looking at the team sheet here um we were expecting Stockdale to start the fullback, but he was. Oh, we spent about twenty-five minutes last week talking about him. Yeah, and he was he was withdrawn uh, for a calf injury, and now Hugo Keenan got his first run at fullback. Um, I thought he got on fine. Um, yeah, I think as we said it before, like uh, anytime the fullback is fine, that's a good performance. Yeah, yeah, because um, very different challenge that's coming up though. Uh, yes, especially against an English team who's had very much. A successful time with their kicking game against us. Yes, I think I our full. Go on. No, no, no. I was just going to say our fullbacks are. Um, our fullbacks in particular have had a tough time against England the last three times we've played them. Yeah, it's definitely an area they've gone after us. Um, I found it a bit annoying that the two players I picked, I that I wanted to have a big game last week. Where the two players that ended up not playing. Did did we hear as to why Henderson wasn't? I think Henderson was sick and Stockdale injured, or vice versa. Yeah, uh, Henderson had a medical issue. Stockdale presented with calf soreness. Medical issue sounds yes. ambiguous. <laughs> yeah, he's still he's still not chosen this week. I don't think is he. He is on the bench. Okay, okay, that's good. That would have been a bit. I don't know, odd if he hadn't been chosen again. Mm. But uh, yeah, Neil, I think uh, Liam Williams, you uh, had a pet peeve with him last week, did you? Yeah, not necessarily a pet peeve, but he's the most Saracens player there was, in my mind. <laughs> it's just full niggle no matter what. Um, any t- I saw him a couple of times, just any opportunity for a cheap shot, bam, he takes it. Mm. Yeah, hate um, to see it. It's, it's one of those... Uh, think when you're getting beaten so hard do you kind of let the cheap shots oh no go, no no, no. It, it, it ha- sorry yeah it does but for him it happens no matter if you're winning losing if you're scoring a try he slides in with his knees he'll leave a shoulder in no arms just what he is absolute scumbag <laughs> well it, it's kind of like if it happens once i'm like benefited it out but he has a long career of us yeah, <laughs> like i distinctly remember once or twice in the rds um He's he definitely got sent off once when we were there when he lost the head at someone I think it was Carney or something. Um. So, I I think like uh, after half time it was apparent that something changed, be it from the Irish performance or from the Wales. What would you guys think about that? Was it more Wales coming into it or more us? Um, Wales came into it like that, that middle quarter, that third quarter. They mm. they were definitely. I can't say I think they knew that they were. Backs against the wall, and it wasn't going to be in a great place if they didn't. Because, well, um, as good as 
the final scoreline was, as we said, it was the biggest one in how many years. Mm. Um, we should have put 40 or 50 past that team. Yeah. Mm. And rare you can say that about Wales. It was worrying lack of clinicality, if that's a word, yeah. clinicalness. Uh, you know, there were scoring opportunities there. and yeah, A couple of times we were a bit unlucky with the ref. And Yeah, I agree. That's what happens. Like Sometimes you get the rub, sometimes you don't. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in the Welsh dressing room at halftime, though, just to see what did go down to to kind of get them back. Yeah, part of that was Sexton was out. Um, mm. And Billy Burns was only on the field a short time before he got injured. Billy Burns impressed me with his passing. I quite liked it. He doesn't seem afraid to throw a... Mad throw pass. A, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think that could he could be a good dice roll 10 to have on the bench. If you really need someone to go on and throw that pass, I think he could do it. I'm not saying other people can't, but I don't know. It's just got a dice rolling sense off him, like a, a Finn Russell light almost, <laughs> where you need something, someone to do something weird, throw him on it. There you go. Like I don't know if we have that from other tens, maybe. They wouldn't have the balls or something. <laughs> I Yeah. <laughs> but it, that's just what I felt looking at the guy, I mean. Because I don't see him as being our starting ten, so I was like, "What's what's the role for this man?" Mm. I was like, "Oh, right. dice roll, game changer, throw a weird pass, intercepted, mm. tries game over." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's well, your luck? Live by the sword, die by the sword. Get it off your list. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a great uh, post match comment, um, from like the, from uh, Andy Farrell or whatever. He was either going to win us the game or lose us the game. And he lost us the game. Well, yeah, you know. It's what why we brought him into the team. We know he's going to win or lose us the game. So. Um, I suppose... I, when I was critical of it, I was quite critical at the time, but I was thinking, well, the scoreboard doesn't lie. When I was thinking about it afterwards. A mm. uh, bit of a cop-out answer, but that's that's true, I feel. Um, and also, we um, we are missing several players now. Yes, true. Um, and yep. And we still we still did that. I don't think Wales are really missing the comparative amount now. A lot of those players are probably past the hill now, but mm. over the hill, past their prime. <laughs> I, I do I do think Gary Ringrose is quite important to the setup. Mm. Like I just I understand Chris Farrell is a good player, but I don't know that what he brings is necessarily at the same, anywhere near the same level of quality as what I believe Ringrose brings. Like, I was watching Chris Farrell just crash it up, and I was like, okay, grand. What, what else is there? Like, you know what I mean? Else he goes. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it seemed very Ron Seal, if you know what I mean. Mm. And I think we, sh- we should be kind of expecting a little bit more mm. at international level. At least I believe so. <laughs> Even though I just spent the first 10 minutes advocating that. There's a place for bad teams. <laughs> There's obviously a place for not world beater players then, but yeah, I don't know. I just think, again, he, he feels like a holding position player. Will he be our t- starting 13 in the next World Cup? I should hope not. Mm. So he's there doing whatever he does and we'll find someone better, hopefully, be it Ringrose or someone else up and coming. Mm. Be- speaking of um, up and coming, uh Jameson Gibson Park. I don't know if he's really up and coming, but uh, that was his first start, I do believe. Yes, and he was pretty excellent. I found. Yeah, I was very impressed with 
Mm. Um, again, we have to always qualify this. Mm. Uh, like it was against Wales, but like he came on, he played the entire game, and gave great quick service, and we really benefited from it. Sniped around a couple of times, had a few a good box kicks, mm. and I'm really delighted that he uh, has been kept on. Mm. Freddie England, yeah. Well, you see, uh, Murray is now an asset from the bench because he's shown he can competently play at ten. So he's he's falling victim to his own versatility. He's becoming he's becoming Ian Madigan. <laughs> no, that's a lot of bad. but you know what I mean. Like he, he's he's shown he has an extra feather to his bow now. Is that <laughs> feather to his bow? Is that thing? <laughs> feather feather to his arrow? A string. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, string. Whatever. <laughs> um. So I think having him on the bench, especially with the light not like cover at 10 but the sort of experience at 10 yeah the experience void or the shaky ground on which we seem to be at right now without half i think mm. given he's also thrown his chips on the table for some ability to play it out half i think it's kind of the right decision especially with how gibson park played and you mentioned the box kicks there neil i think that is one of the areas i think where we've called him in the past for being not great yeah. and i think like I don't think he put a foot wrong there in in uh, in that Wales match, so that was heartening to see. I don't know if he's been working on it or he just had a good day at the office or whatever, but it was it's nice to see. And yeah, I like I I said I didn't comment much on the old Discord here, but I said and the way we've been talking, it was reflected as well. Uh, a bit depressing that the three best players in that match aren't exact like are Irish. <laughs> Who's the third uh, best player of Rio? Quinn Rio, I think, would be. Doris had a very good game. Mm. Yeah. So does so does Peter Manny as well. But uh, I think Doris is from Mayo, so he's very Irish. <laughs> Doesn't no. sound as. Yeah, I know. Jesus <laughs> Christ, this. Uh, my colleague said it to me during the week. You know, Doris is from Mayo, isn't he? What? Because <laughs> I saw him in the at Man of the Match interview or whatever. He just sounded like I don't know. Yeah, his parents are from Dublin. He moved to Mayo, I believe, and he's oh, schooled uh, in yeah, here. Yeah. But um, yeah, so like the foreign contingent, I think, continues to take hold, which isn't wrong necessarily. But with with, with that vein, will we move on to the uh, the England game? Are you happy enough with the Wales debrief, or is there anyone else? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it was a good good result in the end. Mm. Um, I think the problem is we don't really have much invention in the back still, mm. and that's still gonna hurt us. Like against weaker teams, it won't, but against England's the uh, South Africans, it will. Um, I, that's pretty much it. Um, a very on, on the clinical nature needs to improve near the line. Big time. Mm. Um, and our our our, our, um, our mall isn't as good as we think it is. We use it too much and in situations where we shouldn't. Mm. It doesn't get us any reward. And part of that's because refs are allowed and people swim around and kill malls now but we should recognize that and move on from trying to use it as a weapon okay um so i know dave you were talking there about the number of uh kind of project players in the ireland team so i think the one that the, the team we've put out now we've got stander rue gibson park aki uh low don't so, forget about finley Velum. he has 
Yeah, Australian parents or something. Yeah, hell, hey, yeah. Your grandmother in Ireland. Herring, Herring is South African, apparently. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. the first I've heard of that. So I had no idea. So um, Eddie Jones in the media referred to um, someone called him the United Nations. Absolutely no one did, but he did, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's kind of highlighting it and trying to throw fuel onto that fire and... I think he's a genius when it comes to this kind of <laughs> shit. I got to be honest. Like, yeah, it backfires or it always works. He, he also <laughs> he also says Porter's scrummaging technique may need some referee intervention. Well, according to the r- rugby geniuses of Reddit, uh, mm. Porter does bind on the arm and not on the jersey, which apparently by letter of the law is illegal. Now, I didn't notice that. His binding looked fine to me, but like I, mm. I'm not exactly the scrum master but if eddie jones pinpointed that exact thing mm. i like called that out it's it's not going to be hard for the refs to see that if it, that is what he's doing and it, it it strikes me as if he is doing that it, it's not something that can be fixed within a week he can probably stop doing it within a week but if mm. he's reliant on that eddie, eddie strong, jones saw the um the welsh come getting marched backwards and says okay let's nip that in the bud it doesn't matter if they can or can't um, solve it themselves, or if okay. they're worried about it. They just want they want they want to put the pressure on the refs. So, so any think... any Ireland benefit in the scrum, it must be illegal. Therefore, bring it back. Okay, but do you think if he pinpointed that exact thing, they so he got he he was talking to his scrum coach or whoever that is, and they told him exactly what the issue was, and he said this is the issue. Do you then, if you're Porter and Ireland scrum coach, do you then change that within the week, risking Porter then being a weaker scrummager, or do you just continue on doing it, hoping that the ref won't call you out on it? Yeah, you'll talk. You'll they'll, they'll be discussing this with the referees in the week coming up to us. Both teams mm-hmm. will be. Mm-hmm. So the referee will be saying, "I'll be looking for this. I won't be looking for this." It is. Do they it, do that? It it is pure um, psychological warfare though, because yes. even the way, the way we're thinking about it is in like, do you change it? Do you not change it? You know, it's kind of it's kind of a distraction from um, your preparation, which yeah. is like, I well, think no, it's, 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 instead of um, it's a turning a strength of ours into a weakness. That's what he's hoping to do. Yeah, um, that's why he's he's head coach, but like it's. It's just so if Ireland gets any sort of a penalty in the scrum, the English captain will be straight up to him saying, well, we talked about this in mm. XYZ, there's binding on us, and he's like, okay, I'll look at it, or something like that. But it's it's pretty, just pure just to put doubt in the mind of the refs, and uh, that's what, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And is the United Nations thing then to put out in the minds of the foreign players? Maybe. Oh, no. and, and the supporters and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Anything you can, you'll... Is he an agent of Discord? Yes. Possibly. Um... A master of chaos. <laughs> I think he loves all that shit, though. <laughs> yeah, he he seems to really revel in it. Yeah. He, he suits England down to the ground in that regard, in my yeah. mind. He's like the pantomime villain, kind of, with his little cheeky smirk. I can imagine yeah, him yeah. saying it like, <laughs> he's just there giggling to himself. Smirking and rubbing his head. Because <laughs> well, it, it's like, um, when England were being managed by Lancaster, uh, like, they were they were good, like, 
good, well coached and everything. But um, I remember people were critiquing to basically saying that they were kind of soft. Not soft, but just yeah. too kind of soft-spoken and nice. Mm. Not very English is kind of the way it came across. Yeah. Whereas now Jones has definitely got them back their, um, their attitude. And yeah, and all that kind of stuff. And it suits them. That's that's what they're good at. So I would I wouldn't necessarily call it arrogance, but there's there's an element of swagger mm. or backing their own ability there that we felt was a bit missing in the Lancaster era. Yep. Like and I wonder if he's more suited to Ireland then because we never really had that swagger. Lancer, sorry, I could say. Mm. We kind of just were a bit more soft spoken, so it might just be a better match then. Could be. So we think the scrum will be a big area of contention. Perhaps uh, considering how much the Saracens did against us, and they've got uh, probably three members of the um, Type 5. That's uh, uh, Nico. Yeah. Yeah, three members of Type 5 that dismantled our scrum. Mm. Man, I hope the ref, the ref isn't the French. Please, mm. God, don't let him be French. Probably is, boys. Probably is. No, no, Neil. I think it was. Uh, it wasn't Poit, it wasn't Garces, it was the other guy for the Saracens match, I think. Gozer? No, the other other guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's it's Gozer anyway for this match. So. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I I'm, guess it I, is what it is, really. I, I'm just picturing that first scrum, and there's a little bit of a wobble from us, and. That's it. The game's pretty much over, and he gives <laughs> <the penalty> <laughs> because the just it. turns it off. Right? Yeah. All right, because that that's that's what could happen if, if the ref decides that um one scrum is better than the other and just just ends the game effectively. Like I I we definitely harken back to it before, but uh, what worries me is um, the pre World Cup match against England because yeah. always when you're playing like a a dominant team that thrives on sort of momentum and that arrogant mindset. Always the the mantra is you need to get a good dominant start over them. Yeah, lay down your marker early and show them that you're there to play. Now, and the advantage to us is that it's behind closed doors essentially. Mm. Yeah. So the crowd won't get on our backs and it won't be supporting them. Mm. So it's more of an even playing field. But yeah. but we got that dominant start in that pre World Cup match. Five minutes or so, yeah. Yeah, no, but we started strong. We started strong, and that's what they always need. They kicked the ball, and we can deal with that. Yeah, but it was such a, such a, like flip flop, Mm. such a dramatic flip flop. It, uh, it, like usually, usually if you have a good dominant start, and then the other team start starts coming back into it, it's more of a gradual, eking, and then over time it turns into a competition. There it was like someone just flipped the switch, and we ceased to be competition. If you know what I mean, and I'd be worried about something similar happen again. Like, I'd particularly be worried for Earls. I I don't know what the idea of bringing him in is. No, Conway he, isn't playing well. I I'm not sure he's not playing well. I agree, but I think he's playing sort of stable. If you know what I mean, like, I, I I just don't think he's he's not offering anything at the moment. He's got kick chase, but that's it. So is Earl just a okay? You're an established person. Go in there. Earl's and a good player, and he's. I'm not saying he is, not but look at the context of how he's been put in here. Has he played for Munster last week? No. Nope. When's the last time he, he played? He played against us and won the matches at least. That's, That's cool. against Munster at this point. 
I yeah, genuinely he, can't remember the last time he played, and he's did, going in. Now he has the experience, so yeah, and we know yeah. he's a good player. So yeah, yeah, he has those two things going for him. But just in terms of, this is his first match back in how long? And think, think of the, like England will be looking at that. I think and thinking like this guy's cold. Sure, he might have the experience. I don't think he's cold now. Well, I'm gonna look up when's last time he played because I think he's coming in cold. I don't think he played last week. I don't think he's played this season. In fact, um, I'd stake a lot of money on that. I I think, do not believe he's played this season. Dave could be right. Possibly, but he played in the the, the end re- of last season. Yeah, the return of rugby, but it's just, that that's a long time ago at this point now. Hmm. So like. If, if I, I can't think of anyone else who would have there instead of him, but I'm just Conway. Maybe like it mm. just seems like a bit of an odd one. I don't know what he expects, not what Earls expect. I'm sure Earls will go out there and do his absolute best, as I'm sure they all will. But uh, mm. I'm not sure what the coaching thought pattern was of doing this. I'm, if you know I'm, what I mean. No, I, 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 I don't. To be honest, like he's an experienced player. They think he's better than Conway, or else they're rotating, or else whatever. Mm. And they want him back in the team. Um, hmm. Like that's that's pretty much it in my mind. Okay, perhaps I'm focusing too much on the next World Cup, but but the difference between him and Conway isn't much for the World Cup. So because Conway's losing his pace now and losing his attacking power now, it's not going to get better by the time the World Cup rolls around. Yeah. Okay. But how about this for um, a scenario? Okay. Here we go now. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to just look at what what's the worst that could happen tomorrow. We get absolutely hammered with multiple injuries. Yeah, I know, I know. But but it, it, for me, it would be the manner of how it goes. So I'm thinking, let's say King Healy and Andrew Porter get destroyed at the scrum, yeah. uh, which signals the decline of King Healy, and that maybe Andrew Porter, I don't know, just. It just shows him. Say it, Rob. Yeah, maybe maybe he's not elite. Let's say Ronan Kelleher, which is only his second start, um, has a rough day at the line out. Uh, which he often is shaky enough, has to be said. We can't say often now. He's less than twenty professional caps. Let's let's keep yep. that in mind. Yep, true, true. But, Based but... on those twenty professional caps, <laughs> he is often fairly shaky. Yeah, there's 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 reason enough to be kind of like, mm. um, Wait, he's, he's not. He's not, he's not a complete liability, no. No, no. He's not Mr. Consistency either. Yeah. Um, Again, I don't think you have to say that over a couple of seasons. It's 20 caps. It's, <laughs> it's, it's enough to draw a conclusion. Well, <laughs> yeah, he's not perfect and he's not terrible. That's all he can say. Yeah, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, like, let's just say worst case scenario tomorrow, he goes out there. And the thing it, is, it, the more the worst case scenarios happen, the less uh, impactful each individual one is. I, th- I think Rob's just trying to cushion the blow for tomorrow. For yeah, himself. I'm. I'm, so, I'm oh, trying. I think we're getting they're putting 15 points difference uh, minimum probably. Uh, well, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, let's see. Our second row is actually I'm not that worried about. Um, back the, row could the captaincy play on James Ryan though, Rob? This okay, is, yeah. This is let's new, let's talk about that as well. Here. Yep. Let's say James Ryan doesn't take too well to being captain and gets frustrated and I don't know. I um, think he was frustrated in the last England match as well. I yep, think and, uh, it was palpable, in fact. It, it could I, be... I take that frustration over the rest of the team. True. Like himself, um, CJ Sander, they showed up. They also fought a lot. Mm. Yep. Mm. But I wonder if that's going to be healthy tomorrow as captain needs to maybe keep a level head. Just just one more thing to yeah, consider. I think. If, you don't, 
um, set her markers. Twickenham gets turned into a very ugly place. Mm. Okay. I, ha- I have to say, I would like to see some of that, what we saw last time from James Ryan. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. Anyway, go on. Rob. Okay, I'll just run through. So then I'm, worst case, I'm thinking, let's just say the back row gets completely overwhelmed by their opposite numbers. Omahi um, goes missing, which isn't unheard of. Yeah, that it, it happens. That's that's my main critique with the Omani forever has been, not that he's a bad player, it's just that... Inconsistent. Yeah, some games he just isn't there. And it's okay to say that, I think. Um. Then let's say a huge pressure point is nine and ten for us. Big time. Um so that that England will obviously know that as well. So I'd be I'd be quite worried. Well, like I don't know, like I I wouldn't be surprised if it all goes to shit um <laughs> at nine and ten. <laughs> and then super quick in the back line, if I was England, I'd be like, okay, you've got James Lowe with his second cap, Hugo Keenan with his I think third cap, his second at fullback. Keith Earls, who's potentially a little cold, um, and then Bundyaki and Chris Farrell, who are like just battering rams. If you wanted to um, talk down to them, well, so if I, I, was in... I look at the weak points in that backline, Rob, and I agree with you. Ten, I think. Yeah. You run a ten all day, and you you do something with Earls, and you probably try and give Low a few high balls because I think he's a bit a bit of a wobbler under that. And then if there was increased, I don't know, Keenan, I trust him so. I don't think he can get him with like high balls and stuff, but I think low kicking in behind them. I think he's not good on the turn from what I've mm. seen. Or else I can't really call. Hope hopefully he has a good match. And then Ross Byrne. I don't know. I just think it's time for him to put on his big boy pants. Could be. Could yeah. He he gives me kind of deer in headlight vibes sometimes. When when things aren't going his way, I get a bit of a shaky vibe off him and I think that's exploitable or could be exploited tomorrow. You know, he doesn't strike me as someone who will take the game by the scruff of the neck, if you know what I mean. He relies on those around him taking the game by the scruff of the neck, and then he brings himself up to their level. He won't be the one to do it or set that tone, if you know what I mean. So, mm. yeah, I, I don't know. Do you, do you guys have any reasons to talk me through um, why that won't happen and why we'll win? <laughs> Um, no, I, I, <laughs> uh, I think this, this game is about performance. Yes, I would. Normally, normally, I'm not a, a fan of that. I think you, you go out and you go out to win. Mm. Um, but England are a good bit ahead of us. Um, and we are missing a fair few players at this stage. Like, out of the starting 15, you might miss a furlong. Uh, if Ryan Baird isn't established, you can't say you're missing him. Mm. But Conan might be around somewhere. Dan Levy. Dan Levy. Um, mm. Sexton. Mm. Uh, Ringrose. Henshaw. Mm. Um, Lamore, maybe somewhere. True. Um, Joey Carberry as well. I keep forgetting about him. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Poor um, Joey. Is there anyone, any other points in that game you want to touch on? Or? Um, like it's, I just want them to come out and fight for 80 minutes. I'd be happy enough with that. And if at the end of this we have a new captain um, and we have new players in the team, that's actually a pretty, pretty good place to be, I think. Yeah. Mm. Barring like an absolute blowout, I think this is a... You know, there's enough experimental threads here or new angles 
that you can say, all right, we just will take the loss, but we have these things going for us. I yeah. think that mm. is a fair enough trade-off and, you know, fair play to Farrell, I guess. And it's, actually, sorry, I meant to say this. Mm. I was more, yeah, after we got hammered in the last time, I was thinking, okay, we, we can't, I'm not sure if I said this in the podcast or not, but we can't, we can't go over there and play like it's, um, it's somewhere we can go and win normally. So I was thinking like taking a leaf out of the French team's books, uh, the club teams or Joe Smith's books where you for the weight game, you just pick the biggest team you can. So I was thinking, okay, you pick like Henshaw and Aki or something. You pick uh, biggest back three you can. You pick Momani at seven and have two sixes slash eights. You pick someone like Henderson or Byrne in the back row, that kind of idea. And mm-hmm. just an injury and whatever, we kind of ended up in that uh, selection. Mm. Um, which is uh, interesting in itself, but I think that's that could be a way to. You might not win the match, but you you could stay in the match against England. Yep my my standards for this game tomorrow are um, well, just the last just the last three times we've played them, it, it um they've been by far and away better than us. Uh, so I just would be looking for any sort of improvement in that regard. So not expecting a win by any stretch. Um, but like you guys are saying, I just want to see a bit of a fight for like 80 minutes. I remember at the last year, they were ha- clapping and... Mm. Not last year, earlier this year, I should say. Um, they're clapping each other on the back and laughing at like 60 minutes when the game should be still in... The balance and everything. Yeah. And they were right to, because they were hammering us, and there was no fight. There's no danger of us uh, losing that game, of us winning that game. So I, I want to see a us. Um, I want them to know they've been in a match. So what? What motivational video would you be asking the players to watch before the game, Neil? Space Jam, probably. <laughs> Space Jam, yeah. <laughs> you know that. Asian man never give up. Yeah. <laughs> that, that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, do you want to talk about Lancer really quick? Well, yeah. I think uh, before we talk about Lancer, maybe yep. we could talk about the new up and coming Munster youth. Yes. Which I sure. think is actually quite interesting. I don't have yep. a whole lot to say about it, but I think maybe you guys would. They, um, seem, they seem to be doing what they should have been doing, I think, like for the last few years yes. this season which is really good to see and heartening. And I feel like they're building something that could make the Interbros a competition again. It's, yep. it's Interbros are always a bit difficult because it's a half and half team of... Um, like, well, okay. We don't know if this is actually the... This, like the, what kind of team will be out there normally. Mm. Well, like, on the basis of performance, they should damn well be out there. Because they're some of them are, you know, making a stake, putting challenges where challenges haven't been, and make staking claims for certain number of jerseys. Yeah, mm. definitely. That's good to see. It's, it's a bit funny. It's like saying, well, as soon as they start playing their young players, they start winning these games, as opposed to struggling through their their games with all these veteran players that aren't going to win them silverware at the end of the season. Mm. Like um, I think I just want to highlight from Munster. Um, obviously I, I've been a fan of Craig Casey for a while. Um, 
I think he's I'm still always concerned that he's very small, but uh, everything else he does is just really, really good. Oh, oh, sorry, Rob. Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. uh, just I think Casey brings a similar energy to Low. Mm. He could be another addition to the team that will bring an alternate energy. Sorry, I wanted to say that uh, when we were talking about Low before. Anyway, carry on. No, no, no. But that—that's—that's that's a very good point. Um, mm. because I think Munster maybe sometimes we're missing a little bit of that. Like he does. Um. I've seen pictures of him like standing next to like when he was a kid to Peter Stringer and all that. And I remember when Stringer was around, uh, he'd do all that, you know, barking and shouting and getting the guys to go and go this way, go that way, and um, kind of boss them around a bit, which I think is they kind of need that a little sometimes. Yeah. Um, your man Gavin Coombs, the number eight, who scored a hat trick. Very physical. Uh, yeah, very physical, very good. Um, I think and, that's yeah. great for Stander if only has someone. You know, mm. up as <laughs> Well, no, not to. Sh- I feel like that's direct competition for Stander now, mm. and I think that's good for everyone. You know what I mean? He's kind yeah. of been the established guy, and he still should be the established guy. But it's just someone saying, "Look, I bring something different, but at mm. a similarly high level." And I feel like that's definitely been missing at number eight in Munster. It could just be because Stander is that good that he has had a stranglehold on it, but. It's, um, it's we, have, we also have to think that um, in the same vein as Leinster and Ulster performances, they're against terrible teams. True, true. This is this is the problem with Pro 14, which is seems to be particularly bad this year in that um, the Irish teams aren't really getting a lot of value out of it. Well, they can only play what's in front of them there. It's, that's true. Um, but what's in front of them is god-awful. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm just trying to think what else. Oh yeah, your man Ben Healy. Also, I really think he should be there starting ten, like as opposed yeah. to JJ. Yeah, because I'm kind of like we know who JJ is. He's had an extended period where he's been the starter, and I don't know. You you kind of know what you're going to get from him. Um, whereas Ben Healy, at least the upside is there, where it's like you know, he we know at least he can nail his kicks, and that'll keep them in most games anyway. So. But you see, they don't want Ben Healy getting too good because that means <laughs> that when Carberry's fit again, they won't be able to play Carberry. So they're like, all right, we're going to keep this guy back so that when Carberry's fit again, we can throw him in there. You yeah. say when? <laughs> <laughs> just another two weeks, Neil. Just another two weeks. <laughs> That's, um, yeah, that whole Carberry situation is quite a... It's one to watch. Um, one to watch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Monster are... are Reaping the rewards of playing the young players, like yes, and this is great from an Irish perspective as well because it puts more pressure on and means a better team in the league to play against and all that. Mm. Yep, it's good. Uh, you know, it's actually I enjoyed watching them. And mm. It's it's been a long long enough time since I got a bit of joy watching Monster. You know. Yep. So yeah, it's it's just more more good rugby to watch. I think. And yep. More of it. I want to see more of it. Yep. Fair play to Van Graham. I don't know if he was like, okay, we got nothing. Let's just throw the dice here, or if it was just circumstance, or well, it's the team he has. Like, he, there's only a few more ways he can pick a team. I think at the moment. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I hope it plays out and like nets results. Or, or so far, success anyway. Yeah, and I hope it continues to. It's cool. Yep. Um, do you want to talk quickly about Lancer and the way they've just um. Been yeah, away 
demolishing teams. Yep, well over the machine, and no one seems to be slowing them down. Yeah. Um, great to see Levy back starting. Yes. Um, he was... It, was, it was very different to his previous couple of games. Mm. He's getting his game time back, and he was getting a few minutes here and there and doing a few interactions, but start from the start, is a different animal. They really performed. Mm. Um, it was great to see. I thought O'Brien, uh, Jimmy O'Brien, it is. Mm. Had a great game as well. Probably should have been man the match, but you're not going to not give uh, Levy man the match when he comes back in his first start and he's plays like that. True. Rob, Again, I thought you, you said something interesting that uh, I think you par- you paralleled this season potentially being quite like last season, which I think is a totally legitimate worry. Yeah, that we we um we demolished. Yeah, we demolished everyone in front of us in the Pro 14. Maybe right. Munster and Ulster, Connacht, hmm. maybe they front up a little bit, but we go into Europe or we go into a knockout game, and um, I, I, I can see it now. Quarterfinals <laughs> of Europe, some team puts it up to us, and we just take Don't. the whole match to adjust. Like it, it seems no, barely possible. Mm. They did mention that themselves, the Leinster team after. Mm. Leo Cullen was talking after the last match, saying, "Yeah, it's a worry that we're not getting tested." But blah blah blah. This is this. Mm. Um, I, I think we could be extrapolating too much from the way that it went Saracen's game. Yeah. Like that was, that was a perfect storm for us. There, essentially, mm. yeah, maybe maybe that's just what it is. Maybe we, we aren't getting tested enough. But, um, it, is it possible to set up friendlies against like nations? No, no. <laughs> theoretically, yes, but we can't. Why? Well, would it not be all, a hilarious slap in the face to everyone else? <laughs> it's first of all, we can't afford it because you have to. You have to. I will bankroll this myself <laughs> with my burgeoning finances. Though. Second of all, they can only play you in certain times. Thirdly, sure. every game you play against them is another game you have to fulfill against your contract obligations. So when are you going to play those? True. But... Second of all, the teams you guess aren't going to be much better than. New Zealand like a challenge, don't they? <laughs> yeah, but when do we get to play New Zealand? <laughs> just make it happen. <laughs> Over to I don't you, care about the logistics, Neil. Just make it happen. <laughs> no, you're you're right. But I think it's it would be cool to see. I just, I just you know. I'd like to see Leinster put but, on but the I don't think Leinster B playing a New Zealand C team once every ten years is gonna do much for us. True, true. Um one other thing, a couple of other things from that Leinster Edinburgh game. Um, Frawley at twelve is really. He certainly really... kicked with um. With Harry. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm loving it. Um, I think it could be a very useful little option that we have that maybe could be deployed in the future in the first team. Um, yeah. w- one thing I was thinking about actually was um, the way everyone is playing in that team. And then I'm thinking, but then you've got all these guys in. It, who are away with the international team, and I'm like, yeah. like Keen Kelleher scored a hat trick, and I, I'm not sure where on the depth chart he is. Oh, like low down, in my opinion, was yeah. yeah. But it's like, how often does a guy like score a hat trick, or Dave Kearney score two tries, and it's like, yeah, they're probably not first teamers, which is kind of crazy. Um, well, Keen Kelleher isn't part of an amazing team. That's True, hammering his opposition, so that's a bit different. I think Dave Kearney could be on this. He's definitely on the starting team now with. Um, Keenan at fullback and Larimer out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He got injured at the wrong time during the uh, warm-ups. He probably would have been the Irish team. True. 
I think I was just kind of making the more general point of just yeah, how do you fit these together? Yeah, that's the that's the problem. Like Scott Penny has been very impressive, and yeah. um, I I just don't know where to put him. Oh well, like Scott Penny's a bit different. Like his career is at it's very infancy, so you can say okay, he gets the um, mm. you get your games here, and he's probably delighted to playing. He's starting seven. And he's getting maybe like a ten starts this year. So, yep. Like so he'd be like, happy where he is along his career paths. Um, someone like Ruddock would be different. Mm. As in, he'd want to be playing international, but like, like you can only do what you, you can only deal with the hands you've dealt with. You can only mm. play the cards you've dealt with. Um, <laughs> Well, he's young enough that he won't be sent to Connacht or Ulster, I think, because he's still a prospect. Unfortunately, yeah. not everyone's lucky enough to uh, meet that criteria. So I expect busloads of Lancer backrows to be going to Connacht and Ulster. The thing is, like, um, at the moment, um, mm. someone like Josh Murphy is getting loads of game time. Someone like Penny's getting game time. Mm. And that's still with Levy and Ruddock still playing for the team. Hmm. You have three, uh, so you've Van der Fleer and Connors getting international minutes. Yep. On top of Doris starting. Hmm. Conan's injured. Deegan's injured. So that's how these things pan out. Like it's it's never a case like oh, I'm getting no game time. It's yeah. I might not get the big game or something like that. Or you might so, get the bus ticket to Galway. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, the if, you're saying, bus if, if you're staying at Leinster, you get sort of game time, so you can say, okay, I can push into first team maybe next year or whatever. See, I feel like this is kind of maybe a bit damaging to the Irish talent pool because if you had a guy like Scott Penny, say, starting week in, week out in another province in every match as the starting whatever seven, he might like flourish into Ireland starting seven. Yeah, things, if he's at Munster last few years, he wouldn't be playing yet. <laughs> He's as Ulster probably won't be developed, and Connacht wouldn't have had him. But, yeah, okay. There's, there's, there's like, it's not like he's, it's not like he's 24 and has like 10, 10, 10 starts. Mm. He's been 21, and he's getting loads of game time, and he has it since he's a teenager. So he's maybe he's the next big. Maybe he never pans out to anything, but his career is going great at the moment. Yeah, you're you're happy with where it is. Yeah, and like. It's the only person in the Irish squad, in the Leinster squad, I think, or maybe you could have a, a better career, but something like about Ross Maloney. Mm. He's, he is Leinster's club man, I yeah. just realised, within the last week. He's, he's never going to... Okay, this is unfair, <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean? He's, he's the club man. Is he going to get yeah. a prolonged period at Irish second row? No. But he's going to keep showing up every week. And I love that shit. You know what I mean? That's you need blokes like that at clubs, yeah. and it's great to see. Yeah, and, I'm just saying out of their personal developments, someone like that or Rory O'Loughlin. Oh, are, are you suggesting that he should have been sent to Connacht long ago? Maybe for his own career, maybe. How dare you? <laughs> he's a club man. You have to make space for the club. Well, man. it's great for Leinster, and like he's still getting his his minutes. But I think if he's to maximise his own career. It looks very much like a Dunica Ryan situation to me, where he's he's not um, 
he probably should have more minutes and starts at his age. Yeah. But anyway, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with it. Yeah. Um, is there any other things you want to talk about in the rugby world? Not uh, particularly. Yeah. The, one thing I th- found very funny was um, the Autumn Nations Cup. Um, you know the way so Fiji had to cancel their two games and France were awarded a bonus point yeah. win and people were actually getting upset that France were given a bonus point win. Yeah. And I'm just like, this is, this competition didn't exist. Um, <laughs> to, to like, you know, they're, they're acting like it's some sort of affront and that, um, that they couldn't, Scotland weren't going to top pool B of, of the autumn nations cup or some shit. And I was just like, it's completely made up this whole thing, you know, what? There's all the two weeks of pride that's been built up, bro. <laughs> I know. The long-established pride of the autumn. Yeah, I can understand you being a bit frustrated if your team gets screwed out because of their team's yep, issue, but, even but, if it is just a, a tournament that's never going to be played again. No, but not not even that, but it's like it's not like, you know, oh, the winner gets to play in the final. Everyone gets a final game, and it's... I'm not. I'm pretty sure there's no, there isn't even a trophy or anything. It's like, this was a pure money spinner. This was yeah. This was to keep the whole thing afloat. If there was, was there a similar level of outrage when Italy didn't get to play the All Blacks in the World Cup? No. That was uh, different. That, was that says it all then, Rob. That fucking says it all. I know it was different, but I would have expected a similar level of outrage if yeah. people were... Thank you, Eric. Scotland's been not playing Japan. Mm. Didn't work out well for them, but... Didn't work out that? well for anyone who played Japan, really. Ah! <laughs> Except uh, South Africans. Yeah, but that's because they've been stung before. So they knew all about Wiesel Hojo, huh? <laughs> Tojo yeah. is it Tojo? Did I get that one wrong as well? Yeah. <laughs> what what is. Holy shit! All right, um, that's a good opportunity to leave yeah. us. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So good luck, everyone. Enjoy the rugby tomorrow. Okay. Bye. Look.